afternoon. My name is Karen Sampson Hoffman, and I'd like to welcome you to today's Ask the Expert webcast, Finding the Right Summer Camp for Your Child Affected by ADHD. Today we welcome John Wilson, Director of SOAR and a member of the CHAD Board of Directors. The Ask the Ex Expert webcast series is presented by the National Resource Center on ADHD, which gives the general public access to top clinicians, researchers, and other professionals. The National Resource Center is a partnership between CHAD and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and serves as the national clearinghouse for the latest evidence-based information on ADHD. A recording of today's broadcast will be available through the National Resource Center on ADHD's website, www.helpforadhd.org, under the webcast archive in about two days. To view the recording sooner, please follow the same link you, you used today to join us at a later time. The recording will be available about 30 minutes following our presentation. We may not be able to get to all of your questions today. If you would like to talk with a health information specialist for further information on today's topic, please contact us Monday through Friday, 1 to 5 p.m. at 1-800-233-4050 or online at www.help4adhd.org. Finally, following today's webinar, a brief survey will appear on your screen. Please take a few couple of minutes to let us know what you think and how we can better serve the ADHD community through the Ask the Expert webcast series. It is a privilege to introduce today's guest, John Wilson. Mr. Wilson has spent more than 25 years working with, with youth diagnosed with learning disabilities and ADHD. He became Director of LD and ADHD Services for SOAR in 1994 and has led hundreds of adventure courses across the country and in Latin America. Mr. Wilson is, is currently the president of the Learning Disabilities Association of Northern Carolina, for, forgive me, Learning Disabilities Association of North Carolina. Additionally, he has been an adjunct professor at Western Carolina University and Mars Hill College teaching outdoor recreation, therapeutic recreation, and leadership courses. For those of you who would like to ask Mr. Wilson a question following his presentation, written questions can be submitted in the questions box on your GoToWebcast toolbar, as indicated by the red arrow in this slide. All questions are moderated, and we will try to get to as many as possible during our Q&A portion of the web webcast. Again, we are very pleased to welcome today's guest expert. Mr. Wilson, if you would like to begin. Well, I'm just so pleased to uh, have the opportunity to talk to any and all of you that are interested in trying to find the right environment for a child diagnosed with ADHD in the summertime. And there are a host of unique and wonderful programs across the country that, uh, that have worked hard to establish uh, services for this population. Uh, I'm very interested in getting a chance to just... Uh, uh, share a couple interesting principles to begin with. The first is, you know, as you're looking for the right kind of program, some of you are going to be able to have your son or daughter mainstreamed into a regular summer camp environment, and that will be perfectly successful. Some of you may really benefit by having more structure in place for your child because either their impulsivity can be very, very um, uh, uh, challenging for you know, young high school students uh, to manage, uh, and you're looking for uh, an opportunity that is a little more focused and a little more structured for your child. But the first thing that you should do is determine what your child's needs and strengths are. Uh, and, and you know, I really should have quoted this saying, identify your child's strengths and then needs, uh, because so often when we look to find ways to see our child's based, our children based on their strengths and abilities, and then try and find unique opportunities that, that help encourage and develop those strengths, uh, that's a really wonderful place to, to start looking for any kind of uh, support or, uh, or, or guided opportunity for your son or daughter. Uh, what are your child's interests? Uh, and um, what are some of the areas that they have significant needs? Uh, you also may want to consider, you know, does, you know, is my child going to be successful? in a 
in a in a supervised situation. And what I find in regular summer camps is that the ratio can typically be a one to ten uh, staff to student ratio. Is your child going to be successful in a one to ten one to ten staff to student ratio? More specialized summer camps typically have a one to three or one to four staff to student ratio. Um, the other the other important question when you're looking at the ratio is uh, what's the direct care instruction ratio versus what is the you know all the staff uh, uh, combined and the ratio that they have with kids. Sometimes camps can uh, pad that number by by you know adding cooks and and uh, and janitors and uh, and activity staff uh, to that direct care mix when really what you want to know is how many adults are consistently supervising my child, and then you should know how many how many how many adults really do I need? What well, what is that ratio that's going to be most effective? Um, and then finally, uh, and you know again, you know when you're looking at your child, how much structure are they going to benefit from? Do uh, and you know a, a good rule of thumb is if they play sports. How well do they do without, you know, without really refined structure? Are they in scouts? Are they in other clubs or activities uh, that, um, you know, that 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 uh, that that afford them opportunities to be with other students? And what kinds of structural supervisory constructs have you put into place that that allow you to be more successful? Uh, and and you know, does your child, your son or daughter, require? any of those additional supports. Some of our kids with ADHD certainly require some extra supervision and some needed structure. Others tend to do, you know, can do perfectly fine given uh, given the normal parameters of supervision that, um, that um, uh, uh, students that do not have uh, or, you know, in neurotypical environments uh, require. The next question that I would encourage all of you to consider is what are your needs as a family? You know, uh, um, what is your comfort level uh, regarding camp? You know, at SOAR sometimes we, we get uh, we, we, we get both the question, you know, typically our, our courses start at uh, 10 or 12 days and then we have longer courses, but sometimes families will say, do you have anything shorter than that? Uh, are you looking for a overnight uh, situation uh, for your uh, son or daughter to attend. Uh, and so as you start refining what it is that you want, that'll help you zero in on the program that you're, is best going to be able to serve your needs. So what is the length of stay that you're looking for if it is in fact going to be an overnight camp? Um, what are your financial resources? You know, some of the special needs camps, uh, and certainly mine is included, uh, are very very expensive. Uh, they're expensive because uh, they they hire older instructors. They have a lower staff to student ratio, and it, it uh, there are you know costs associated with that. There are some great YMCA camps across the country that uh, that you know that can be much more affordable uh, if if in fact your child is going to be able to be successful in that given structure. And so, what are your financial resources that you can uh, apply to um, to a program? They, you know, one other component with financial resources is very often summer programs will offer and have you know scholarship support, and all you have to do is just ask and and find out what are the necessary requirements to qualify for scholarship. Uh, what are the needs of your siblings? And you know, I say this because sometimes, quite frankly, kids need a break from each other. And I have found I, I, I have a son and a daughter who are both uh, diagnosed with ADHD, uh, but but I have found that when they are apart from each other for a little while, when they come back together, they realize that they actually really like each other, and uh, and that's an awful nice thing to get a chance to witness because uh, sometimes they can get uh, somewhat bickersome. And so, what are the needs of the individual siblings? I, I've had some students that really needed to kind of be here together because they were each other's support structure. And, you know, so are you looking for a camp that is going to accommodate both of your kids or all three of your kids? Uh, or are you looking for a, a camp that is going to uh, provide an opportunity for your kids to be separated? Um, uh, what, are, uh, what are some of your child care issues uh, as it pertains to uh, the age of your siblings or the age of the siblings? And... 
Uh, and, you know, so what's the minimum age that a camp might start taking kids? And then it's okay for families to want a little bit of respite. You know, I, I certainly, uh, both as an adult dealing and living with ADHD personally and uh, and working with kids who have ADHD and raising two children who have ADHD, understand that there are times when I just I just need a break. And so what are your respite needs? And it's okay that you have them. Uh, it's okay because we're human beings. And uh, and so what uh, what are those needs? So as you start to kind of narrow down and answer some of these questions, your picture will start to uh, to gain a little bit of focus. Here are some questions to consider to any summer program that you're looking at getting your child involved in. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it, but what is the service to staff, uh, direct service to staff student ratio? Um, you really need to ask, uh, what is, you know, how many counselors are going to be working with my kids at any given time? And you're, you're, you know, once you've determined what the supervision needs of your child are, this this is a really important question because, uh, you know, again. Uh, there are programs that offer anywhere from 1 to 2 to 1 to 10 uh, staff-to-student ratio. Uh, typically, I've found that with with kids that uh, that are dealing with some impulsivity challenges, uh, that a 1 to 3 or 1 to 4 staff-to-student ratio tend to uh, be right on the mark when it comes to providing the necessary supervision that will allow them to both have fun, have success, and then manage some of that impulsivity that can uh, that can get them into some challenging situations or uh, even uh, unsafe situations. The next question that you're going to uh, want to ask in any you know any set of camps that you're going to think about sending your kid to is what are the qualifications of the direct service staff? You know many programs hire staff with a variety of of ranges. Um, you know, there are summer camps out there that have junior counselor programs, and the junior counselors actually have a fair amount of responsibility, and then the junior counselors become counselors when they turn 17 or 18 years old. How well is your son or daughter going to do with a 17, 18-year-old first-year instructor? Now, that answer is going to be different for many of you. Uh, for me personally, uh, I have found that, uh, you know, that our rare is the 17 or 18-year-old. That uh, that is really ready to handle the frenetic and 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 uh, and somewhat wonderful nature of our kids, because uh, because along with ADHD there, there comes some sometimes some oppositionality, there comes some social skill deficit areas, there there there's certainly uh, some organizational issues, and do the instructors have the maturity to be able to handle those things in a way that is both nurturing and purposeful? Um, uh, and so, you know, what what is the average age of the instructor? What is the minimum age of an instructor or a counselor that that they might have? Um, you know, I, I I would encourage all of you to narrow your choices down to programs that have uh, that that have at least an adult who is seasoned, a seasoned veteran that that has seen kind of some things before and and knows how to work with kids that is going to be able to meet the needs uh, of of your children. Um, all right, let's see. All right. How does the program identify and develop the strengths and abilities of the campers? Um, I am, uh, again, as you've already heard, I, I'm very strength-focused, and so I think camp can be an incredible opportunity and time for kids to develop and nurture those some of those strengths. It is it is a very very uh, uh, unique and an experience in which your the experiential kinesthetic nature of the kids that we serve really kind of blossoms because those are the skills that they're using uh, on a daily basis. And so, you know, how do we how do we identify those strengths and how do we nurture those strengths? You know, many uh, kids come to camp knowing much more about the areas of deficit and the areas of challenge than they do their strengths and abilities. And camp is such a unique and wonderful time to, uh, you know, to fan the embers of those things that, 
excite our kids and the things that they really love doing and the things that they, they're, they're very good at. Uh, look for programs that encourage and, and focus on helping kids develop their talents. This even can be an area in which you decide how you're going to choose a summer camp. If your son or daughter is particularly interested or invested in uh, computer camps, which many many kids are, you know, are there camps that uh, that do that have that as a focus? There are several camps all over the country whose primary focus is, you know, uh, Legos and having kids develop and build uh, uh, and play with Lego sets. Uh, there are sports camps, and then there are camps like mine that are a, kind of a high adventure uh, opportunity where kids can you know, can do uh, rafting and climbing and, and those types of adventures. Uh, there are camps out there that have a focus of um, uh, of uh, exports and adventure sports like uh, biking and skateboarding. And so, you know, as you fine-tune those areas, what are the areas of interest that your son may have uh, or your daughter may have that you could nurture some of those talents and abilities? Uh, ask uh, how the staff capitalize on those strengths. Uh, throughout the entire course, and then, you know, how are how what are some of the tech, techniques they use to encourage and develop uh, the the wonderful nature of our children? Any good camp will find ways to uh, to really kind of draw out the strengths and the the uniquely wonderful things about individual children and nurture those. Um, uh, how uh, you know? How do they nurture those skills, and then do they talk about how they could use some of those those things back in a home environment? You know, uh, there are programs out there that 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 really kind of utilize that that ter terrific opportunity that kids have when they go to camp. You'll find that you know, no matter what the camp is, if it's a positive experience, your child is going to seem more mature when they come home. They're going to walk a little taller. They're, you know, there's going to be sort of a twinkle in their eye and a spring in their step that you're just, you just absolutely adore and love. Uh, but there are some programs that take it a step further and then continue to nurture ways in which kids are, are actively, and they talk about it at camp, how they're going to use the skills they learn at camp and apply those to a home and school environment. And then finally, you know, wouldn't it be great to send your kid to summer camp and have them come back knowing a little bit more about what their strengths and abilities are and more cognizant of their talents uh, and, uh, and, 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 and for them to be excited about some of those things? And so those are some of the unique ways that we can, uh, that we can, nerd, you know, that we can look at programs from uh, a strengths uh, identification standpoint. Uh, the next question is, you know, as you're as you're sort of wrapping this this picture around this child and looking for programs, how does the program accommodate for specific ADHD characteristics? You know, impulsivity, organization. What do they do? And there are there are enough children in this country who go to camp that have ADHD that most camps should have some type of plan or at least a good answer to that question. Is the uh, program up to date on the most current information? And, you know, are do they know as much about this as you do? And if they don't, uh, you know, are they are they seeking out that information? Are they learning the most up to date? Uh, you know, so how uh, do they know what the medications are that are currently being used with uh, with kids? Um, so, how do they handle uh, some of those uh, uh, finding out and learning? what other programs are doing that is the most up-to-date and current when it comes to working with these types of kids. Um, so uh, this next bullet point, are they built specifically to accommodate characteristics of ADHD or are they found a way to, to just serve that population? It's an important distinction. And um, there, are two, there are two types of programs out there. There are the programs that were built specifically with your child in mind, and then there are the programs that you know, recognized that there was a need, and so they already had a program, and they found ways to shift and modify their program in order to be able to accommodate children diagnosed with ADHD. It's an important distinction because one, the you know, a, 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 imagine it, you know, a suit, and one tailored the suit specifically to fit the needs of your child. The other one 
uh, is you know there's a uh, suits are already made, but they'll nip, they'll tuck, they'll 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 hem here and there in order to try and accommodate your child. Um, typically, the programs that that were tailor made for your child are going to be more expensive, uh, but you know it depends on what the needs of your child are going to be as to which of those two models that you're going to look for. Finally, uh, you know. It really is important to remember that how well does your son or daughter interact in, in, in regular settings, and you know, if so, is that going to be a successful experience? You know, the one thing that you absolutely want to avoid uh, is if it has been a challenging school year, and then you send them to a summer camp, and, and they get bullied at summer camp, or they, you know, it's a real struggle and, and kind of a miserable experience for them, what a missed opportunity it was in order to help bolster their spirit and nurture and encourage their gifts and strengths and have them, again, feeling a little better and brighter about the world. And so as you make a choice uh, regarding a summer camp, you want to go in with your eyes completely wide open about who your child is and what their needs are and ask very thoughtful and thought-provoking questions from the directors of the program as to how they're going to accommodate the special needs of your child. Um, as we all know, a lot of our children are on a variety of medications, and so you want to know uh, how they how they distribute medication. You know, or do they? Um, you know, when they're giving out the meds, do they single out children? Do they make it? You know, a, a big deal that you know that that there's a single kid who's on medication, or is it done in a routine or, or more subtle manner? Um, you know, uh, are all the staff trained on the aspects of medication and, you know, do they know what the, what the common types are, what the purpose of the medications are, what the potential challenges with medication? But most importantly, do they have a standard for administering medication? Uh, do they count the medication uh, to make sure that, it, uh, and, and do they do diligent record keeping to make sure that the medication has been distributed properly? As we move forward and look at what type of feedback or, or system is utilized, you know, does the program have a written evaluation? You know, um, if uh, it, it, the idea of a written evaluation can be such a powerful tool. You know, when you consider that a child uh, may have the the summer experience that is just life affirming and all of a sudden they found success where success had not been found before. Uh, you know, what kind of record do you have of that? And is and how important is it for you to say, okay, these are the kinds of things that allow my child to be successful. These are the areas of challenge that they have. And, and, and have a, another written evaluation that can be one of the myriad that you possess but it is looking at your kid from a very different perspective. How specific to your child is that evaluation going to be? Um, you know, one of the interesting things that we do at SOAR is we, we don't call them evaluations. We actually call them achievement reports because, you know, you, you're going to have plenty of pieces of paper in your son or daughter's life that can tell you what the areas of challenge are. Uh, but there are going to be very few opportunities in your child's life in which the sole focus of, uh, of a written report is going to be how they were successful, what they were successful at, what helped make them more successful, and then things that you can do to continue to nurture and encourage success for them in the future. And so those are a couple of the critical aspects of a uh, of a report and of an evaluation and um, uh, and, 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 and the power of a really good evaluation as you are uh, providing information to the professionals. Um, does it review your son or daughter's performance? Uh, is there a component offering feedback indicating, you know, you know, again, focusing on kids' strengths and abilities? Does it does it list what the goals were, uh, if there were any particular individualized goals for your son or daughter? And then does it indicate what kind of growth was made towards those goals? 
Uh, and then finally, does the evaluation have recommendations regarding ways for your child to continue to, to grow and nurture based on the strengths and challenges and the abilities that the instructor may have seen while your son or daughter was, in fact, at camp? So as we start to get deeper into this process and you've learned a little bit about the camp and you've learned how they're handling medication and you've learned how they're, they're managing supervision, the next thing you want to know is how do they handle and manage behavior? Because there are a variety of ways that camps handle that. You know, and so what is their, what is their basic uh, policy regarding discipline? And once you get that answer, you really need to determine whether that, that that connects with, you know, your philosophy of design. And if it is counter, you know, you probably really need to consider looking, uh, continuing to look and seek other programs. Um, so uh, one of the things that I really love it when parents do for me is they, they ask me, again, you know, how do we manage behaviors? What is our, you know, what is our uh, operating modalities? And... The best way to do that for me is for them to give me a scenario and then have me tell them how we would handle a particular scenario. And when parents will do that, it, it both gives me some specificity about what I'm going to be finding when I finally get a chance to work with this young man or woman, but it also helps paint a picture for the parents as to the kind of services that we provide and the unique opportunities that we can tailor to fit the needs of an individual student. But it all starts with really good, healthy communication between families and between camps and between children and between their moms and dads. And that's how a really fine decision gets made because everybody is on the same page, uh, specifically about uh, about how to handle different, uh, different behavioral components. Um, I want to re re uh, review for you a few. Um, uh, you know, particularly, what are some negative behaviors, and 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 does the program have an organized behavior management philosophy? And there are several kinds of ways that programs handle behavior. Some they don't handle it at all. Uh, negative behavior is ignored, and the only time it ever comes up is, is if it becomes a safety issue. There are programs that will you know, treat uh, treat behaviors very very uh, strongly in order to curb, you know, continued negative behavior. And then there are programs that have very specific, um, uh, meet the specific needs of kids uh, by, uh, by focusing on the use of natural and logical consequences and creating behavioral constructs that will allow for uh, students to, uh, you know, to, to learn and grow and make mistakes and then keep going. Um, uh, what uh, what I have found with so many of the kids that we serve is they really really love positive feedback and uh, and very specific en encouragement. And when when they get that kind of encouragement, uh, it uh, it is a uh, you know it it is essentially the 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 way that um, that you know. You, Kids strive to uh, to accomplish what is it you are seeking versus uh, using discipline menus to tell you what what happens if you don't participate or if you don't do something. And so, uh, you know, what structure are you going to be comfortable with? Uh, natural and logical consequences is another wonderful uh, buzzword that I would I would hope you'd hear from any camp that's talking about their behavior management plan. The difference between a natural consequence and a logical consequence is simply this. Uh, I'll use the example of uh, a bicycle. If you leave a bicycle out and it rains, what's the natural consequence? The, ch the, the, uh, the chain might rust and you can't ride it. The logical consequence would be, you know, hey, listen, you left it out, you didn't take care of your resource, and so you've lost it for two or three days. Um, and so... You know, if they are dispensing consequences, are they in fact using them in a logical way that help make sense and then continue to give the opportunity for kids to start fresh? Which segues me into another component of behavior um, modification. 
do, do the consequences build and build and build and build, or in fact, do they, uh, you know, do they get a clean slate, you know, after they finish a consequence? I recently was at uh, my son's school where he had gotten into a bit of a trouble with another student, and you know, he was just horsing around. He didn't mean to hurt anybody, but he got written up, and so you know, now he's going to have to face potentially getting suspended for messing around with another kid who, you know, knows that Jay would never do anything to hurt him. But uh, but rules is rules. And, and so often you'll find in public schools that there's a degree of inflexibility because they're trying to serve the masses. Uh, it's when you work with special needs in camps that you start to see a much more specialized, uh, focused way of managing and interacting with kids. We know from years and years and years of working with these kids, we've got some picky eaters on our hands. Um, and my son is funny because uh, he has a super sniffer, and so many of our kids do, and so he is uh, really affected by the odors of foods. And so what kind of dietary modifications are in place? We're seeing a lot of kids on gluten-free diets these days, you know, um, uh, but food is really important. Now, my personal philosophy when it comes to food is this. It's camp, and so camp food still has to be fun. But on the other hand, it also has to be nutritious. I have to meet the, the, the nutritional needs of the students. And so what is, you know, what is your, your camp's menu? How do, they, how do they come together and think about food for, for the kids? You know, is it a ADHD diet-friendly uh, model? And some of the things that we're seeing uh, that is most effective uh, with kids is, you know, high protein, um, you know, less simple sugars and carb carbohydrates, and then we really work very hard to avoid yellow and red dyes. Uh, in um, uh, so no, uh, no, none of that uh, red grape, uh, red or grape uh, bug juice that that camps are famous for. Uh, you know, at our camp, it's just like you know, giving the kids, you know. Uh, something that will make them go bananas and nuts. And so we, we, we certainly try and think about food in a very productive way. Um, you know, again, it's kid-friendly. Uh, and, and does the camp avoid behavioral triggers? We, we've seen caffeine and salt also sometimes be behavioral triggers for kids. Um, if your son or daughter has special dietary needs, is the camp willing to provide support that allows you to uh, to, to meet those needs. Some can, some can't. Uh, and so, you know, that's a really important question to have answered. Um, and then, uh, you know, here at the end, I, I, I'm a huge believer in empowering children. And so, uh, you know, a lot of camps don't do this because it's just not easy to do it. But is your child involved in any menu planning? Do, do they have any say as to what goes on the menu? Uh, you know, as a stakeholder, it can be really, really potent or powerful to both have some say and then, you know, sometimes even have some opportunity to be part of the preparation of that food as long as that's done safely. Does the camp have references? Uh, before I would send my son to camp, I would want to, to, to speak with uh, the folks that, you know, are potentially going to be working with my kids or know the program intimately. That might be the admissions director or even the camp director himself or herself. Uh, and then I would also want to know the names of some of the people that the camp has served. Uh, and, you know, dig a little deeper to look at specifically what kind of success have you seen from, from this camp with your son or, the, or your daughter and, uh, and, and how powerful an experience was this for them. And, you know, again, uh, not every camp is for everybody, but if you keep uh, the lines of communication open and you keep finding ways to find out more and more and more uh, about your program, um, you know, the, 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 the more comfortable you're going to be as a parent sending them off uh, for a first-time experience, potentially, to summer camp. Look for camp reviews online. Um, you know, and then and then make sure that you... Uh, you, you dig into them a little bit because, uh, 
you know, because very very rarely are people uh, going to give really critical feedback. Often it's yes, 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 or no, 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 no. Um, when it comes to uh, uh, to uh, uh, reviews that you're going to find online, uh, but but again, uh, Yelp uh, is a, is an opportunity. Google um, CampRatings.com um, and then uh, MySummerCamps.com uh, has ratings, and so uh, they're there. And then look at uh, look at blogs uh, that um, and sometimes there's some great ADHD mom blogs out there where families are talking about summer camps and, you know, that they've had success. Uh, because if you can find somebody out there that has had some wonderful success at a summer program and they, they seem a little bit like your kid, it's not so big a stretch that they might be able to effectively serve your child as well. We also know that sometimes personal hygiene is uh, is not the favorite thing of our distracted students. Uh, does the program, you know, structure personal hygiene in a way that is allow, going to allow your son or daughter to be successful and make sure that their teeth are actually getting brushed? Do they leave it up to them? And the, you, there are actually camps out there who who honestly believe that you know that that that. All you have to do is just provide them the time, and the kids will brush their teeth. Well, we know better, don't we? You know, now some of our kids may, in fact, be diligent, judicious toothbrushers, but uh, but certainly many of the kids that we serve, given no structure at all, they would have carpet teeth by the time they came home. And so, does the program, in fact, have a way that is managing? Uh, daily hygiene structure in order to make sure that teeth are clean, that hands get washed uh, before and after every meal, that there are actually uh, good, positive hygiene in place. You know, is underwear being changed on a daily basis? And then how do you know? Um, so, you know, good programs certainly do not shy away from that answer and can give you, uh, give you sort of how they manage the hygiene issues that might be at camp. Um, you know, again, changing socks, a little thing, but it's a really big deal. I mean, who wants to bring home a pair of socks that will stand up on their own? And if the and if that's in fact the case, you know, what kind of shape will your kids' feet in then? And so, you know, looking at uh, looking at what the potential hygiene concerns may be for you. Uh, you know, there are kids out there who really hate taking showers. They 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 hate the idea of the water beating down on their backs and their necks, and so. How do you handle a kid that doesn't want to take a shower? How do you handle a kid who wants to shower two or three times a day? And and again, as you as you narrow down what you're looking for and who your kid is, those are some great questions to keep in mind. Is the program accredited? You know, there is the standard bearer of accreditation programs in this country, and it's the American Camping Association. And uh, they have a very thoughtful process if you are ACA accredited, that means that you're doing things the right way, that you're following through on the protocols and objectives of the program, and that um, that you're certainly making every effort to to do what you say you do and to follow the minimum standard protocols uh, in this country regarding supervision, regarding lifeguarding, regarding first aid, regarding uh, managing paperwork regarding how you manage activities and and so um, it's a very comprehensive uh, look at those those two unique uh, components of camp uh, making sure that you know that that all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted and you're ready to have a good time because you don't have to worry about the logistics or or that uh, the camp is, you know, up to date on all the current standards, the industry standards that it that it comes to when working with children. Again, that's the American Camping Association. And if you'd like, you can go to the American Camping Association uh, website, and the, they'll have a list of their accredited camps. I, I I really would shy away from a camp that was not uh, recognized or listed by the ACA, as uh, it just really is the standard. Um, the standard right now, and, and certainly one of the standards for you in order to maintain your accreditation, 
is that you're doing criminal background checks you know, every year. And so that's that's a critical aspect of making sure that programs stay accredited. Here's another fun thing about the American Camping Association. If you want to be an ACA accredited camp, then you cannot allow your staff to take tips. And I know that many parents want to give staff, you know, a little $15 or $20 as a way to say thank you for taking care of my kid. But ACA camp uh, counselors should not, should not, in fact, be taking those, tip, those tips. Um, I, you know, I would recommend that if you decide that your experience was positive enough and you just loved it enough and you have the income, that you put a little bit of money in the scholarship fund to help other other kids attend camp who uh, who might not have that chance otherwise. Uh, and if you're one of those families, you know certainly be grateful for the opportunity that other families have done so. Uh, and you know, and and if you do in fact, uh, you know, find out about some of these camps on ACA, uh, there's a, a again so many good programs in this country who are providing. Uh, providing a unique and wonderful opportunity for your kids to learn and grow. All right, finally, and this is uh, this is my last uh, slide before I answer questions for folks. Uh, again, I'm a huge fan of empowering kids, and uh, and one of the reasons that our programs at SOAR are, are so varied and have so much variety is that we want to provide opportunities for kids to be in the environments that they want to be in. And so as you're looking to pick a summer camp, you know, don't just pick, choose one, and then, ha and then make sure you send your kid. I invite them. Uh, have them be a stakeholder in the process of choosing their summer camp. Let them be involved in the interview. Let them, let them make a phone call to the admissions director or the camp director if they've got some questions to ask. If it's possible for you to do an open house, go visit uh, and then seek their input, you know, because... Uh, when you involve kids in, in in the decision of whether or not to go to camp, especially when the going gets tough, you know what? They have a hand in that decision, and that still matters to some degree. Uh, you know, um, also, when you are going to send your child to summer camp, if they if they buy in, then it makes... You know, it makes that process of dropping them off and saying goodbye to them. It makes it makes you feel a little bit better because, you know, sometimes it can be very tough, especially if it's your first time sending your your, your kid to summer camp. Just a quick aside: uh, if it is in fact your first time sending your child to camp, it's it's somewhat likely they're going to experience homesickness, and you know what? That's okay. Uh, you know, it's okay. That uh, that they experience homesickness because through that homesickness comes an appreciation for some of the things that children have taken for granted. They 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 persevere and work through some of those difficult feelings, uh, and it gives them an opportunity to practice grit and an opportunity to practice tenacity and stretch themselves a little bit. And so, you know, it a question I would not act ask a ask a school is, you know you know, can you guarantee my child won't be homesick because that's just not going to happen. But what you can ask is what do you do once a child identifies themselves as homework, as, as homesick, um, as having some homesickness. Just a, a funny quick story. Years ago I had a young man who was so, so homesick that he slipped a note at the laundromat to some strangers and his parents called and said, you know, Tommy, the, the boy's name was Tommy, that he slipped a note to the these strangers and said, help, I'm being held against my will, call my parents with their phone number. Well, uh, the parents and I had kind of a fun little chuckle about that, but then they, they got down to brass tacks and they wanted to know what I was doing about that, make, you know, making sure their child was, was living with his homesickness and, 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 and being successful. And the truth was that Tommy was so homesick, there was only going to be one cure for him, and that cure was a friend. And another another little boy asked me if he could talk to Tommy because he'd been homesick the year before. And sure enough, as I looked out my window, the two of them were, were talking and maybe even crying a little bit. But Tommy had made a friend. And, and that is one of the absolutely magnificent and beautiful parts of summer camp is that kids can come and they can experience something really special and dynamic with other kids just like them, and they can make a friend. And just isn't that just a remarkably magnificent idea uh, that kids can come to a place where 
They get a chance to practice things that they love doing. They get a chance to build on their strengths and abilities. They're surrounded by adults that are focused on who they are as a person and are and are working to help you know, increase and, and make that better. Uh, and then they come home and they're a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, a little more sure of themselves. That's the power of camp. And so as you become very, very, very careful in how you select and choose the summer camp that is going to meet all those very needs that you've identified, the most important thing is that your kids have a chance to experience success, your kids have a chance to experience growth, and your kids have a chance to do remarkably magnificent things as they move forward in this process. I'm now prepared to answer any questions that folks may have. Thank you so much, Mr. Wilson. We do have questions coming in. And we have uh, parents who have kids who are getting ready to go to camp. And we have uh, families that are still looking for a camp for their children. And our first question comes from Coach. And Coach was wondering, his child is going to camp for the first time, has never been away from home. And how can he prepare his child for the camp experience? That's a great question, Coach. And I, I would do a couple of things. If if you are local and can actually go visit the camp, so the the young man, uh, so your your son can see the camp uh, firsthand, so that when they show up on that first day, it's a little less intimidating. That's a that's a that's a great way. Um, uh, th another really unique way to do that, if you if you are not close by, if you don't live in the same town as the as the camp, is that you can start looking at uh, at some of the pictures online, and and you know each week you know, pick a different part of the camp to kind of explore. You know, camps ha uh, camps live in the virtual world for nine months out of the year. And so most camps have done a really good job of, of putting, you know, lots of information on their website and just explore a little bit each time. And so by the time your your, your son gets to camp, they know some of the ins and outs of uh, of the program they they you know they they they've looked up and they've looked at who the staff are and they've seen their picture uh uh you know a a a great a great thing would be to you know to have the director or one of the staff at the camp have a conversation with your son where you know you you and he have generated some questions that he's going to ask about that camp experience because it'll create a a bonding moment for them and, and, and a connection that will be important on that first day when they go to camp. And then most importantly, you know, painting the picture that it's going to be hard to, to, to get dropped off at camp, but by the time you're having dinner with other kids, you're just going to be in the moment living, living, living and loving life with your, with your fellow campers. Uh, but again, any way that you can provide support to ease that transition through creating familiarity, would be uh, highly, highly recommended. Thank you. I think you've given Coach some good ideas on how to help. Well, our next question is coming from Maria, and she was wondering, are there any specialized camps that have been accredited by ACA, especially camps for children and young people with ADHD? So are there specialized camps? There are a few. Um, uh, to, to my, you know, to my knowledge, uh, um, you know, the, you know, some of the, some of the camps in this country that really seem to, to focus more. Again, my program is called SOAR, and, and we are specifically serving kids diagnosed with learning disabilities and ADHD. And then we also work with their siblings, uh, and we're a high adventure summer camp. There's a program called um, Summit Camp. Uh, it's in uh, Pennsylvania, and it is a more traditional type of summer camp. And again, they're a fairly large program. They've got a large international staff. Uh, Jean uh, is a, a, the the camp director. There is a wonderful friend of mine and somebody that I, I hold in very high regard and appreciate the way they do things. Uh, in Canada, there's a program uh, called Camp Kodiak. Now, again, I don't know if they're ACA accredited because they're in Canada. But uh, but again, I do know that they've been serving the ADAC population for a long, long time. Um, there's a program called Camp Buckskin um, that uh, in I think they're out in Minnesota, uh, and and they have kind of a a bit of a tripping and adventure component to what they're doing, uh, and 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 they I, I believe that they they are willing to serve the ADHD population, uh, and there are there are many many others. But the, the four that I just named are the four most well-known, recognized uh, summer camps. Um, 
both Attention and Attitude magazine put out. Uh, you know, I'd look for ads in in uh, in 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 those uh, in those periodicals. You also might want to go to mysummercamps.com and type in ADHD Summer Camp or or type Summer Camp into Google. And, uh, and and again, you're going to get a, a list of uh, programs. There are some schools uh, that serve kids with learning disabilities and ADHD, ADHD summer camps as well. But but those are the four, you know, those are sort of the four folks in, in the country that are recognized uh, nationally for serving this population. Thank you, thank you, John. The camps that you mentioned, yes, they do uh, have ads that appear in Chad's Attention Magazine. So, you've, so our members can certainly go back and take a look. And also, I believe some of them appear on our website. And also, of the National Research Center on ADHD, we get questions pretty frequently on how to find a summer camp for a child. And I just want to let our audience know that if you go to our website, which again is helpforadhd.org, and look up our frequently asked question, can you help me find a summer camp for my child? There are some suggestions and some of the links that Mr. Wilson has mentioned are off of that web page. So we do have some information there. Well, our next question comes from Ellen. And Ellen has one that a lot of parents of teenagers and young teenagers do have. She's got a 13-year-old girl who's going to be going to camp. She, her daughter has ADHD. And Ellen is worried about a co-ed camp and the ratio of boys to girls and the possibility of a girlfriend-boyfriend situation occurring among campers and how uh, camps can kind of head some of that off so that the camping remains a good experience rather than um, one for puppy love. And uh, how, can, how does a camp kind of help make it a, a good experience without these puppy love situations? Well, that's a great, great question, and uh, I can again. I I don't know how, what other camps do. I, I know that at SOAR we um, we as part of our our contract with kids, we don't allow any kind of exclusive relationships, and so that that is uh, boy girl relationships. That is you know uh, you know clicky exclusionary relationships. That uh, you know that. That only only two or three kids can be friends, and the and, and the third kid in the group can't be part of that that group. Um, you know, the, but one of the other one of the other ways that camps uh, do deal with that is you know high supervision. It, it, with kids, and and this is a really important point. You know, it, um, if your if your daughter has impulse control issues and she she's severely ADD and she might find herself in a situation where she's unsupervised with you know potentially a boy that's that's the kind of situation you want to work to avoid um because again our our kids can be impulsive and so you know which is one of the reasons i believe that ADHD children really benefit from a highly structured highly supervised environment that'll nurture their abilities and their strengths but certainly on the lookout and the watch for for challenge challenging behaviors uh you know um uh, i i no longer believe that that the camp directors in this country are cavalier about the idea of puppy love in in relationships uh, um i i i think that most take it as seriously as as i do uh because you know that isn't why kids are coming to camp. They're 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 coming to camp to nurture and develop friendships and relationships. They're coming to camp to nurture skills and abilities. But but most importantly, they're coming to camp because uh, their parents want them in a safe environment in which they're going to be allowed to uh, to be successful in a uh, in a setting that is going to lift them up and not create uh, you know challenging circumstances for them. Thank you. I think that's a question a lot of uh, families have, and I think that's a good answer. Well, our next question is coming from Kathy, and she has a child who has terrible anxiety along with her ADHD. And her daughter it, would like to go to camp, but she's terrified that something bad will happen. How can Kathy find a camp that not only will be helpful in this case, but help reassure her child that everything's going to be okay? Well. You know that's a really, really difficult 
thing to to deal with. Uh, and and, I, and I'm going to tell you a story. You know, um, part part of the anxiety, my guess is, is the parents. You know that 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 you're. You know, is there a camp out there that I can trust that is going to help my kid deal with this terrible anxiety? And then how can I trust that, that that's actually going to be happening? And, and look, I'm a parent of an anxious child, and so I get it. You know, when, when my kid went to summer camp, which was not my own, you know, I was, I was really kind of an anxious parent. And my kids have actually gone to my summer camp, and I've been an anxious parent. Um, but, but, but in order for that process to work, and 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 have it be something that can be a profoundly changing experience for my child. I cannot be a helicopter parent in, in those situations. I have to let go and kind of trust that process a little bit. And so here's the story I'm going to tell you. And it's really kind of a rough story. Uh, it has a rough beginning. But there were two little boys that came to camp this summer, and they were begging their dad, please, no, no, please, I, this is, and they were just, I mean, the level of their anguish was so significant, it was so palpable, and it, it just had to be so difficult for that dad to, you know, to say, guys, this is what I, you know, this is what I believe is going to be good for you, and and it was so tough for him to leave, um, because they were just in, a, their, their anxiety was off the charts, but, you know, we most of us have been doing this a long, 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 long time. And the minute the minute you walk away from the camp, we're now dealing with that, that child that has that significant anxiety. And, and we're doing so in really purposeful ways. We're, pa- we're pairing them up with a friend. We're trying to get them involved as quickly as we can. We're letting them kind of work through and deal with some of that anguish and that anxiety. And then refocusing back to the activity and having them kind of live in the moment. Uh, and as as the the course will progress, you will find that even your most anxious kids start to kind of get into the groove and start to get into the routine of where they are and what they're doing, and and that becomes their reality. And as kids are allowed to work through that those difficult circumstances and allowed to be challenged and allowed to have to persevere and push through some of that anxiety, that can be a really growth-filled experience for for those kids. And quite frankly, it can be a very growth-filled experience for that that anxious parent who is like, "Oh my God, how is my kid doing on this day?" It's it's a tough thing. Uh, I, I've I've lived it from both ends. Um, but you know, if you've done your homework and the the camp has passed muster, and you have you you believe in what they're doing, then when you send your child, you have to really commit to that process. And 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 there's there's a postscript to this. You know, at some point, the camp may... Uh, now, now, we don't let our kids call home. And one of the reasons is that, you know, when kids call home, it just really makes that homesickness much, much worse. Um, uh, but I do encourage letters. I do encourage mail. Um, uh, we, you know, the... Um, but, but on some level, you have to really, really uh, respect and appreciate that the camp... And, and have discussions with them in advance is going to be able to deal with the anxiety and help your child and nurture them through what's going to be some tough moments. But that those tough moments are, help, are, are, are going to help create some grit, and that grit is what's going to allow that child to persevere and push through when they find other situations where, where they're not going to, to have nurturing adults that are helping guide them through that process, but they're going to have to work through those things on their own. And so camp can be a great step in that direction. Well, we are approaching the end of our hour, so I'm going to put our last two questions together. And they are from Dave and from Zaya. And Dave was wondering, when a child has a medication, who will be giving that medication to their child? Will it be a a nurse or a counselor? And Zaya's question is related. She doesn't want the other campers to know that her child is employing medication as part of his treatment, and what can be done so that the so that the fellow campers aren't aware that medication is is there. Okay, um, different camps do it different different ways. Um, some camps uh, have a camp nurse, and so uh, so the, the the child goes to the camp nurse uh, if uh, and uh, and then gets the medication delivered that way. Uh, programs like mine that are so expeditionary in nature, uh, because the the kids are rarely at camp and they're off on adventures, uh, the instructors are actually the ones that are dispensing the medication, 
uh, and, and keeping a very tight record of that. Um, the, the next question is, uh, to, to, uh, regarding being discreet is this. If, if your child is going to a special needs camp where many of the kids are on medication, then it's it's really not an anomaly. In fact, it's it's it, it's it's a uh, you know you, you you're the outlier if you're not taking medication, and so that that really kind of becomes a non-issue. But if your child is going to a regular summer camp and you don't want the other kids to know, uh, I would you know that's a conversation I would have with the camp director in advance of your arrival, and make making sure that they can find a way to accommodate doing so in a way that protects your child's privacy. Uh, and, and most good camps should be able to find a way to accommodate that request. Well, thank you, Mr. Wilson. I think this has been very helpful for our audience today and for those who will be joining us at a later time. Summer camp is definitely a wonderful experience, and many of us who are listening have been to camp as children or were camp counselors, so I think you've offered some great tips for our, our parents who are part of this today. It was my For pleasure. our audience members... Oh, yeah, it was we my are so pleasure. pleased to be able to host you. Yeah, thank you. Well, for our audience, again, just for if you could take our brief survey following the end of our session, it'll give us some uh, feedback that we can use to improve our webcast for our audience and for our community. And also, you can register now for our next Ask the Expert that is coming up on Wednesday, March 11th. And you can register at help4adhd.org. We will be hosting Dr. Martin Wetzel, and he's going to be talking about ADHD among older adults. Thank you again for participating in our presentation. Mr. Wilson, thank you for being with us today. We hope that pleasure. you enjoy the rest of your... We hope that you enjoy the rest of your day. John, are you still there? I am. <laughs>